Look, I was going to uh, share a bit about preaching on courage this morning. I'm going to share, I shared the story, I think last year sometime, I'm going to share it again because I think it, it colourfully highlights the pain of courage. <laughs> the pain of courage. I, as you guys know, I uh, travel around the country a bit from time to time. I'm hoping to get back into that again sometime in the new year, um, just as things get established and as leaders take position and all that sort of stuff. Um, and um, I'm already getting called around the country, so I love that stuff, but I love being called at home too. But uh, this particular time, I was, I was in Rotorua. Uh, this was a year or so ago, a couple years ago. And as is my routine when I'm traveling, I, um, uh, I like to go out in the early morning and pray. Always got to go pray. So I'm up in Rotorua. I was going to minister at the church on this weekend, and I was going to travel to this church and, and pray. Uh, I'd travel out in the street and pray. But you see, my routine early that morning is that because it's like four or five in the morning, I sort of wake up, get up, I don't actually get dressed up. I don't get anything special on. I usually got my pajama pants on or just some trackies. I usually pull on some just some slippers and I just jack it over top and my hair's undone and sleep in my eyes and I pull it up and I just go out on the street like that. I mean, occasionally I meet a homeless person, but, they, you know, we look like kindred spirits. So it's, it's I, you know, I fit right in. So... What happens is, is that um, I was walking in Rotorua this early morning. I went for quite a long walk praying. And as I walked, um, I felt the Lord put on my heart that I was to go into this petrol station, the Z station. There was someone I was supposed to encourage inside the shop. And I thought, oh, all right, cool. Now, I forgot that I had my pajama pants on, my slippers on, my hair was undone, I had sleep in my eyes. And really, I didn't look that great. So I, I wandered into the Z shop and the lights were there. Man, it's like dark outside. It was like minus one. I'm like, man, this is yeah, warm, nice. And I wander into the shop, you know, uh, looking like I'd just woken up and, and got the hood up and, and, I, and, I, and look around. There's no one in there. And I thought, phew, I must have got that wrong. <laughs> you know, great. <laughs> because you do get things wrong in the Lord, you know. But I thought I'll stay for a couple of minutes and maybe someone will come in. So I'm wandering around up the back of the shop around playing with the chips and, you know, looking at the oil and as I'm there, I notice the manager of the shop is looking at me. I swear that he's angling the cameras toward me. Because obviously I'm looking like a shoplifter right now. You know, <laughs> big heavy jacket on. And I suddenly dawns upon me how dodgy I look. You know, I thought, oh man. And then I look, but there's no one in the shop anyway. And I was about to go. And then I turn around and behind the counter on the other side was a woman. And I, as soon as I saw her, I thought, oh my Lord, no. That is the one I'm supposed to be giving this message that Lord gave me too. I thought, oh man. And I realized at that moment I had no FPOS card. So I couldn't go up and buy something and give her a quick word and run out the door. So I just thought, how on earth am I going to do this? So I'm standing there with my hair undone and my sleep in my eyes and my, my, my pajama pants on and my slippers. And I'm rummaging around. And I thought, I know what I'll do. I'll go close to her. So I wandered up the front of the counter and they're watching me and all the cameras. Are, anyway, and I wander up the front and I start rummaging around the Snickers bars. And I smile at her. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, I was actually, I was actually really nervous. I was freaking out because I just thought this is not going well at all. And then I said something that I don't recommend you saying when you got sleep in your eyes and you look undone and pants on. I turned to her and I said, "Hey, I said, you don't happen to have a daughter, do you?" Because the word was about her daughter, and I just had not given any thought to set up. And she looks at me at this other side of the counter. Yes. And that she, her face had drained of blood. 
You know, she was like pale. And I thought, oh my goodness, I was sweating like at this point because I realized what I'd just done and how this must have looked. And so at that point, I just stood there and I made no eye contact. And I said, I'm sorry, man, but I'm a pastor from Aspire Church. I shouldn't have mentioned that, but anyway. I'm a, I'm a, I'm a pastor from Aspire Church in Nelson. And I said, um, the Lord put on my heart, I was just out to pray, and like, the Lord put on my heart, and I'm shaken. I said, the Lord put on my heart that you've got a daughter and she's run away from home, but you're not to chase after, not to text her, don't worry, and two days she's going to come back to you and she's going to be okay. And I looked up, she had, had no expression on her face. At that point, the manager of the shop came over and said, is there a problem here? And I went, oh no, and I sort of bowed and I walked out the door. <laughs> I thought, I was the Lord, let the rapture happen right at this moment, just take me. And at that moment, the lady yells at me. She goes, hey! And I thought, oh my goodness. <laughs> I turn around, and she sticks out her thumb, and she said, that was good. I'm pretty sure it was her thumb. But yeah. <laughs> you know, I want to tell you, in that moment, between fear and courage, is this word called faith. And the way I felt in that shop at that moment is what faith feels like before you get to courage. Okay? I think that many of the church think that faith is something that really bold people have. Oh, they're full of faith. Yeah, but they're probably full of fear, and to get to courage, they need to trust that God has got them. Hmm? And often the way that courage comes is that you feel that first before you feel that. I think that's a word for someone here this morning. And I want to tell you, and I think this is a word for someone as well this morning, the place you fit in life may not exist until you create it. Hmm? You know I travel around, you know I do prophetic ministry, you know I do evangelism ministry as well a little bit. But I found that I did not fit in any church because God wanted me to create something that didn't exist yet. A unique ministry. And that's fine. It's not everyone's. You might be a worship, a budding worship leader in this room. Well, you may not fit because you haven't created it yet. It's making sense. You might want to have a business because you don't feel like you fit anywhere else because you haven't created it yet. You see, the place you fit in life may not exist until you create it. Now, there's an interesting story I want to bring out of the Bible this morning. It's from 1 Samuel 14. If you've got Bibles, turn there, um, and I'll do the work for you. But I really encourage you to start reading your Bibles. Not like you'd read a woman's weekly. You pray over it, you open it, let God guide you to it, and let him drink in that. And I don't read a Bible without a commentary. I always have a commentary. I use EnduringWord.com. I go there uh, because that's where your faith comes from. Hearing comes from the Word of God. If you have been floundering in your faith for a number of years and you're wondering why it is that you're the same yesterday as you were, chances are you probably just haven't been drinking your Bible in. So anyway, turn to 1 Samuel 14. Is there anyone here that has uh, friends that don't walk with the Lord? Anyone here? You got people you know don't walk with the Lord? Yeah, yeah, of course. And what about family that used to walk with the Lord but don't anymore? Yep. What about people that used to walk with the Lord? They, maybe they don't or maybe you've got people like me in my life who actively look to try and dismantle your faith. 
I actually worked with a, a guy like that. He was one of my managers. He worked to try and dismantle my faith. I want to show you the result of courage on people who've turned away from God. I think it's one of the most unusual revelations in the Bible. And it's in 1 Samuel 14, and it's the story of Jonathan, who's the son of King Saul and his armor bearer. That's the guy who carries his stuff. If, 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 Jonathan, if, um, if Jonathan was like a golfer, then the armor bearer would be sort of like his caddy. But that's an understatement because the, uh, the armor bearer actually, actually was meant to support his chief in every way that was required. So I want to have a look at this verse. I want to read this. So there was a lot of war going on in the nation at that time. But have you noticed there's lots of wars going on in the world right now? Have you noticed there never has not been? There's always a battle going on. And so there was a battle going on here. And in, John, in 1 Samuel 14, 6, it says this, Then Jonathan turns to this young armor bearer. You know, they're in the middle of this battle. They've got the Israelite garrison is over here. Thousands upon thousands of people. And there's just this battle that's about to ensue. And Jonathan gets this idea that, hey, maybe we should kick off early. <laughs> maybe we should kick off early. Why don't we go over to these garrison of these Philistines, these enemies of God, maybe... Just maybe that the Lord will work for us, for nothing restrains the Lord from saving by many or by few. Now, I want to tell you, that's a faith statement. That's a fa nothing, everyone say, nothing. Nothing restrains the Lord from saving by many or by few. Have you got kids that are unsaved? Oh, yes. Have you created a theology around that? Or have you realized that nothing restrains the Lord from saving by many or by few? Maybe you've got a father. Oh, he's just hard-hearted. He'll never receive God. No, 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 no. Nothing will restrain the Lord. Look, my grandmother took me to church for 15 years, and then I walked away from the Lord. For 15 more years, she prayed for me to come back to the Lord. 15 years. Nothing restrains the Lord. It's a faith statement. And I love the, the, the armor bearer's response. You would think he'd be sweating it out going, dude, are you serious? No, his response was this. This was his faith statement. Do all that's in your heart. Go, I'm here with you. And I think we need that faith statement around God in our life. Isaac, I need you to do this for me. Do all that's in your heart, Lord. Go then, I'm here with you. Renee, I need you to do this for me. Do all that's in your heart, Lord. Go then, I, I'm here according. I will, you know what I'm saying? That's what faith is. And so here we have Jonathan then saying, very well, let us cross over to these men and we'll show ourselves to them. Now listen to this. Listen closely. If they say to us, this is Jonathan doing something in faith that we need to be practicing. I've already told you what faith feels like when God's put something on your life and you're in your fear on it and you're in the courage and the faith is in the middle. But what do you do in the middle? Let's, this is what, this is what um, Jonathan does. He says this, he says, Armour bearer, if they say to us, wait until we come to you, then we'll stand still. We won't go up. But if they say to us, all these warriors over there, come up, then we will go up for the Lord has delivered them into our hands. You see, one of my favorite faith statements is 1 Thessalonians 5, 19 to 20, which says, do not despise the prophetic utterance of the Lord, but test all things. 
You see, Jonathan is testing the water. Typically, Gideon called it a fleece, didn't he? If you want to move in faith, you feel fear. God is speaking to you about something and has been speaking. You know that he is. And you've got to step into it with faith to get to the courage place. Well, you need a testing place. Amen? So he puts a testing place in there to not deny the word of the Lord, to not step back from it, to go, well, no, I'm not interested in that. Thank you very much. No, he's testing. And it's said that they moved forward, that under the power of God, the Philistines fell before Jonathan and the armor bearer, they, that these two took out 20 guys in their first attack. It says, it goes on to say, that they took out a whole garrison. And this, an enemy came out to attack them. You know, there's a principle in this. When they went up on the word of the Lord, the enemy actually came out to attack them, which tells you what? In the Old Testament, when the Israelites were coming into the promised land, the Lord would show them a city to take possession of, or in this case, go to this garrison and take them out. But as soon as they get close, what would happen? They'd come out and attack them, which tells us that any time the devil shoots at you means you're close to another victory. And I think there's some people been experiencing some attacks lately, feeling this coming on them. And I feel to encourage you, keep going forwards. Now we read in verse 21 about the result of courage. And I want to put yourself in this picture. Your courage step, your faith step, you're stepping forward in courage. It says in verse 21, there were Hebrews. These are men of God, Hebrews. They, 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 these are not Philistines. They're people that knew God, love Him. Christians, if you want to call them that. But they had defected and actually gone over to the Philistines' camp. In other words, they used to know Jesus. They loved Jesus. So I'm just putting it in today's context. But they had left the church, walked away, had enough. I'm actually going to go and hang out in the enemy's camp. I'm going to do that. Well, it says that when they heard the story of Jonathan and his armor bearer and the story of courage, they actually left the enemy's camp and they went back to the Israelites' camp again. You see, courage causes people to take a double take of decisions they had made in fear. Is this making sense? You see, if you continually live your faith life in fear and comfort, then what will happen is you'll make decisions in that place. But then you'll meet someone who steps across with faith into courage, and they're worthy of someone to follow. And it actually starts to strengthen you. Amen? But it says here in verse 22, these men came back hard after them. This is simply saying that these men that had run away, when they came back, they didn't just come back tentatively. It said they came back and they found fire. You see, when you move in faith that brings courage, it actually does something in people and it starts a new fire in them again. You know, it actually says, what about people that are in church that maybe just... I don't know. Maybe not in this church, but other churches I've been to. It says that there were men in Israel who had hidden in the mountains. See, men of Israel, believers. And in churches right around the country, there are people that hide in churches. Hide. Sometimes let's go join a big church because it's easier to hide. Well, 
What happened when they heard about the story of courage in verse 22? It says they heard about it. They heard about the story of courage. But what happened was when they heard about it, it said they came out of the mountains and they joined in. And I believe this is a picture of today's world where God is wanting to bring backslidden Christians back into the church again. But he needs your courage to just simply be a believer right where you stand. I think it's a good word, you know. I'm just, you know. <laughs> it's all right, I bought my own encouragement today. I don't need to clap. You know, Billy Graham said this. He said, courage is contagious. When brave men take a stand, and women as well, the spines of others are strengthened. Let me say that. When brave men and brave women take a stand, the spines of others are strengthened. I want to tell you, you might not think you're brave, but you know what? If you've received Christ in your life, you've felt fear. Is there anyone in this room, before you received Christ, there was not a battle that went on inside you? It's the most common story I hear. I was talking to Honiana just a few weeks ago. You know Honiana. You want to you get his story about what was going on in his heart the day he received Christ. There is courageous people in this room. Just coming to church takes faith. You know, Chris Vallotton said this, that fear is the most socially accepted sin in the body of Christ. And it's, it's backed up in Scripture where God says, I have not given you a spirit of fear. I haven't given it. Maybe the music team could come up. But I want to tell you something, friends. I believe that your destiny is so entwined in other people's destinies that if you don't do what you have to do, then they can't do what they're called to do. That's what I believe. I believe that there's something in your faith walk that is just so entwined with others that if you don't do what you need to do, then it makes it very hard for others to do what they need to do. That's why we're called a body of Christ. Amen? And here's another thing. I don't believe, I don't believe that we step into our destiny by being fearless. I really don't. I believe we step into our destiny by being courageous. That's it. And it looks different for every one of you. For some people, courage is standing up in a mall preaching the gospel. Daz will be here in a couple of weeks. That's what he does. I don't really do that. I don't really do that. It's not how I'm wired. But you see, for someone else, faith doesn't look like that. I met a lady once in our church here. He said, well, Al, I know you go out on the street. Well, I'll just say so. I'm not requiring people to do that. that maybe about 2% of the church will be interested in doing that because it's a different ministry. You have your own ministries. She, I said to her, what do you do? She said, well, I read to people in the old folks' homes. I read them the Bible. I said, that's your faith. Do it with pride. See, all of you have your arenas. And you don't step into that arena by being fearless. In fact, I've met fearless people and some of them are quite insane. You know what I'm saying? I think they're missing a chromosome. You know, they tend to be, you tend to find them jumping over cars and helicopters or motorbikes. You know what I'm saying? Fearless. You know? I don't think we step into our destinies by being fearless. I think we step into our destinies by being courageous. Hmm? You know, sometimes you've got to do stuff that scares the hell out of us because he shouldn't have hell in you in the first place. 